And there were, in the same country, shepherds, abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came down upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them. And they were sore afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. When the wise men saw the star, they were overjoyed. Upon coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And that's what Christmas is all about. (laughs) All right, good stuff, huh? It is good to uh, be with you tonight. Thank you for uh, spending Christmas Eve here at Christ Church with us. I'm Pastor Bob, senior pastor here. It is awesome to have the opportunity to celebrate with you, uh, celebrate with you tonight. And uh, it's exciting, right? I mean, it's just like exciting. I mean, all the all the planning and all the preparation and and all the anticipation, and it's it's finally here, right? I mean, you feeling that? I mean, you feeling the excitement, right? It's finally here. Rogue One is out. You knew that, right? Yeah, I mean, Rogue One is out. It came out December 16th. And uh, people uh, camped all night on the 15th just to be the first ones to see it, right? And I noticed this was in Hollywood uh, because here in Wisconsin, I checked it out on the 15th. It was a high of 12 degrees and a low of zero degrees. So I don't think there's anybody camping out here. But nonetheless, people were excited. They were anticipating it. I mean, we even got Legos anticipating Rogue One. Kids, you like Legos? Yeah! You like the hippopotamuses? No, yeah, they'll say yeah to anything. Anyway, yeah, but a lot of hype, a lot of excitement, right, about a movie coming out. So, Christmas Eve, why in the world do we talk about that? I want to give you a small sliver of an idea of the excitement and the anticipation of what those three wise men experienced on that first Christmas night. Matthew tells us about the three wise men. Luke tells us about the angels and the shepherds. But in the Gospel of Matthew, we hear about about the wise men. And and these wise men, all he tells us, they come from the east. And and they, they come fully aware that something incredible is about to happen. That someone incredible is about to enter our world. It probably goes back to when David in the Old Testament, or not David, Daniel, Daniel in the Old Testament, when Daniel in the Old Testament was taken from Jerusalem and taken into captivity in Babylon. The the Old Testament tells us that Daniel grew in stature and he became a magi. He became one of the prominent uh, wisdom people in the court. And these wise men, these magi, are of that same elite group. And so these guys, no doubt, had heard for generations all the prophecies, all of the teachings that Daniel brought with him. And so from generation to generation to generation, it was passed down. And these wise men knew 
the prophecies. And when that star appeared, they didn't question, they didn't doubt, they simply acted because they knew the person that they were going to experience was going to be bigger and greater than themselves. It comes to us, the Gospel of Matthew in the second chapter. And uh, Matthew just makes three statements about uh, that night, about Christmas. Just three straightforward kind of statements. He says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Important statement. Bethlehem. It was the town that King David uh, came from, right? It's the place where kings come from. And that all happened during the reign of King Herod. Another important statement. King Herod, King Herod was known to be one of the most ruthless of kings. This was a tough dude. Jesus came into the world during the reign of King Herod. It was a real thing. It came in history, but it also came in a dark, dark time. Herod was so ruthless that he had one of his favorite wives executed, had a couple of his sons executed because he was afraid they were plotting against him to take over his throne. He was one ruthless dude, and it was dark times. Jesus, Matthew tells us, comes into that real experience. And then we get the wise men. Wise men come from the east, and they arrive in Jerusalem. Now, I don't want you to miss the moment. Think about everything I just told you, right, about this King Herod guy, okay? So they show up, the wise men show up, filled with excitement, filled with joy, filled with anticipation of what's taking place, right? They show up and they go to Jerusalem, the capital where they assume a king would be. And they go face to face with King Herod and look what they ask him. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Now remember what I just told you about Herod. These wise men are so driven. They're so driven that they are risking their life in asking that question. Where is the newborn king of the Jews, Herod? And, oh, by the way, he is so incredible. He's got his own star. What do you got? I mean, that's kind of like going to your boss and saying, Hey, can you tell me, uh, boss, uh, what hotel is the guy from corporate staying in? You know, the guy that's taking your job. Uh, what hotel is he staying in? Because I want to meet this guy. And In fact, I hear that while you've been doing your thing in a cubicle, I hear he's getting a corner office. You imagine that one? I mean, that's, that's what they're doing. They are laying their life on the line. What would make these guys take such risk? What would make them step into that and, and knowing the, the reputation of Herod, put their life at risk? It says after the interview, they leave, they go their way, and they followed the star. It guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them. It stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. What would fill them up with such joy? Why would they put their life on the line? For one simple moment, for one incredible opportunity, that they could go into the house where the child and his mother were, and they could do a simple thing. They could just get on their knees and bow before him. Think about that. Picture that in your head. Capture that moment. 
wealthy, smart, educated, influential. And they put everything on the line for that moment to bow before this child. What did they get? What, what did they understand? Perhaps it's simple. They understood that the one who came into the world was bigger and greater than themselves. See, some of you out there tonight, you may be living under an absolutely false understanding that somehow you're the most important thing in the world. You're not. He is. Greater than wise men. They understood that he is bigger and greater. And the life that he offers is bigger and greater than anything we can experience or achieve on our own. The wise men understood the simple moment, the opportunity to just kneel down and let go of their life. That we don't need to carry it on our shoulders anymore. We don't need to be the ones responsible for absolutely everything. We can simply say, We know somebody who is bigger and greater than ourselves and welcome him into our lives. If you haven't done that yet, this is a great Christmas. This is a great Christmas opportunity to simply do what the wise men did. There's a simple magi principle. Here's one. i got three of them for you tonight. Simple magi principle is that they bowed down uh, and they worshiped. Guys, can you advance it for me? they bow down and they and they worship, and it's an incredible principle that when we follow Psalm 95, it says, "Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watch over, watch, watches over, the flock under His care." We just follow a simple principle that when life gets more than we can stand, what do we need to do? Just kneel. It's not on us. Christmas gives us the incredible invitation to just kneel and to surrender our lives to somebody bigger and greater than ourselves. Now, some of you already know that. Some of you have been walking with Christ already, right? And you understand that. And so, for you, Christmas is uh, something else. Christmas is not just about surrendering your life to the one who's bigger and greater than you. You already get it. You already know it. But it's also remembering who this one is. That when we come to Christmas and we're all already following Christ, we welcome not just a child, but we welcome a Savior. Because Jesus grew up, and when he grew up, he was willing to give his life away. He was willing to go to a cross and die for us, take on all our burdens, all our mistakes, all our faults and our failures. He was willing to give away his life and die, and three days walk out of a tomb so that we can have new life. In the New Testament, you may have run across this guy named Peter. He was one of the apostles that uh, Jesus chose. You heard of Peter before? This is where you say, yep, I'm still awake out there. Yeah, you heard of Peter before, right? And uh, if you remember Peter, Peter's like an awesome guy we can really identify with. Because Peter, more times than not, got it wrong, right? I mean, he, he, Peter just made a lot of mistakes. And yet, that's exactly who Jesus chose to follow him. It's a great story when, when Jesus calls Peter to follow him. Peter's out fishing, right? And he's been fishing and fishing and fishing and fishing with his nets, and he's caught absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. And Jesus comes along, and he says, Peter, try it one more time. 
Peter, try it again. Just, just trust me here. Try it again. And Peter throws out his nets, and, he, and the net is full to overflowing. And he says he comes before Jesus, he realizes what has happened, and he falls to his knees before Jesus and says, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. There's a moment where Peter got it. He understood. Jesus is not just the king that we welcome into this world but he's a savior. He grew up to take on all our faults and all of our failures. And this Christmas, this Christmas is the opportunity for each one of us to just do that too. To just kneel before him, not just as our king, but our savior. And let go of yesterday. Let go of all the faults, all the mistakes, all the failures. To follow a simple principle. When we kneel before Christ, it allows us to stand before others. We don't measure up, but he can lift us up. Simple Magi principle. Last one. Christmas is that place, is that opportunity for all of us to just receive a simple invitation. A simple invitation because Jesus is in the world. It's just follow him. Just follow him. Just take the chance. Take the risk. If you haven't tried it before, just step into it and just follow him. And he will never ask you to do something he doesn't already, hasn't already done. Because he does the same thing. He just follows the Father. Right? We see it in Luke 22. Right before Jesus faces his most difficult challenge. Right before he goes to be arrested and go to the cross. What does he do? It says he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He goes about a stone's throw away. And what posture does he take? He kneels down. He kneels down and he prays. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. What did he just do? The same thing he asks us to do. Just to surrender our lives, to trust him as our king, to receive him as our savior, let go of all of our faults and our failures, and just follow him. Just follow him wherever he wants us to go. It's the last principle I've got for you, the last magi principle. When you kneel in submission, it provides you the strength to do what? Stand up. When you kneel in submission, it provides you that strength to be able to stand up. And for we Christ followers, that Christmas is just the beginning of the story, right? Christmas is just the beginning of the story. And, and we get to know the end of the story. Not simply that Jesus grew up and taught us how to live and gave us direction but and died for us on the cross and walked out of the tomb. But even beyond that, we know the end of the story, the final word, right? You go to Philippians and Paul says, when Jesus appeared in human form, Christmas, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all the other names that at the name of Jesus say it with me, with me will you? every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth what does that mean there is no power on earth that is above the name of Jesus and every power will kneel to him and that's what we welcome at Christmas that's what we welcome at Christmas. The simple invitation to just surrender our lives like wise men and to be able to receive a king and a savior 
and follow him wherever he leads us. Because we know all things, all things will bow to him. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you uh, for this incredible night that we celebrate the gift, the incredible gift that Jesus not only came into the world, but that he is willing to step into our lives and that we can surrender to him in all things, that we can be like those wise men and just kneel down and give our lives to him, that we can trust him in everything. And we know that he has already made it possible for us to let go of our faults and our failures And he just invites us to get up and try it again. And he's willing to lead us to elevate our lives and show us a better way. And we know that ultimately, Lord, all things, all things will kneel and bow to him. So, Father, we thank you tonight for the gift we get of this Christmas, the gift we get again to remember to pause and to know the truth. And so we receive him just as those wise men. We thank you, we praise you, and we adore you. In his precious name, amen.